The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Ed of the Week. There's no better way to troll your Trump supporter friends than by picking up Bubble Genius's own tiny orange hand soap set. Give yourself a hand or take two. They're small, tiny in fact, teeny tiny. And they're orange, of course, and smells appropriately of circus peanuts in honor of the GOP's clown dictator. Am I right, folks? Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code, promo code CESCA, SESCA, at checkout, you'll get an additional 15% off only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. F you. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Now the time has come to act, and act fast. I'm leaving. You get back here, you pass, can't wander. And no way that nobody is gonna leave this town. Hell, I was born here, and I was raised here, and that government, I'm gonna die here. And no sidewinding, bushwhacking, horn swoggling, crocker crocker is gonna roll my brisket cutter. Now, who can argue with that? Bob Seska. Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Oh, hi. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the show. F you. <laughs> it is Tuesday, April 11, 2017, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. F you. I am, of course, uh, Bob, and we're brought to you by uh, BubbleGenius.com. It's the best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. Head over to TheBowenLawGroup.com slash Bob and Chez, or just click the link on the podcast page. Right, Lindsay? F you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to be beating to death on the show today. <laughs> Lindsey Graham on Meet the Press on Sunday said, F you. I love that. So, of course, I had to grab it. Uh, all right. Let's uh, before we dive in, Sean Spicer evidently is going bananas. So before we dive into that, let's uh, let's do this. <laughs> all right. Let's bring in our uh, very special guest today. He's a writer for RawStory.com, a musician, a boxer, and a dinosaur known as T-Rex. Please welcome my friend, the great, the great David Ferguson. Hi, Dave. Dave. Oh, my gosh. What an intro. (laughs) See, I spare no expense, just like uh, Mr. Hammond. (laughs) Are are you you're taking in all of your music? You're just absorbing the grandeur of your T-Rex theme? Oh, it's great. I've got a wind machine, too, so my hair is kind of blurry, <laughs> like Beyonce's. That's so awesome. All right, so what the what the hell is uh, little Shawnee Spicer doing here? At the, all right, there we go, right. Is he going bananas in the uh, press room today? Is that, what's, uh, is that what's going on? Oh, it hurts, is this? It's bad. <laughs> what is it? Because I've been seeing the tweets as I, I've done my final preparations to launch the show here and i've been seeing people going bananas over sean spicer in the press room what is he doing what is he saying what's going on right now uh, i guess they were asking him for a justification for the camp for the the bombing raid and he said someone is despicable well let me just play it for you here okay <laughs> you can't even encapsulate it in a summary it's got you have to hear sean spicer's actual words to uh to get the madness right here we back it up a little bit okay I can't hear any sound, so there's no sound here. I'm going to be like Bill oh. O'Reilly. There's no words on it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. What does that mean to play us out? We'll do it live. Fuck <laughs> it. I can't. I can't hear Sean Spicer. So, is he? Uh, are you actually playing the uh, the audio there? 
I tried, but I'll just quote it back to you. He okay, said, great, so, perfect. So they asked him why, you know, why go after the Assad regime, and he said mm-hmm. someone as despicable as Hitler didn't even think to using chemical weapons. <laughs> you, <laughs> you have to ask yourself if you're Russia, is this a country and a regime you want to align yourself with? Oh my God! Which I guess that means that Zyklon B was just like a shower gel. <laughs> you know? That's right. Good job. Good job, little Shawnee Spicer, right, nailing it today. Yeah, and you know what? That's not even half as bad as what Eric Trump said. Oh, what did he say? Oh, my God. Eric Trump. Eric Trump. What we need to do is get Eric Trump to talk more publicly. Uh, This had to do, of course, with Syria. Eric Trump accidentally let it slip that uh, it was Ivanka who talked Donald Trump into that missile attack the other day. Because Ivanka Trump was sad about the uh, the uh, the chemical, which we were all sad. I mean, it was a horrible, horrible, horrible thing to look at. But you don't make foreign policy decisions because your daughter is sad. That should just be... <laughs> I mean, that's just one of those things that you don't do. That, that It should be in the rule book. If your daughter is sad about something, you don't bomb something else. That just is how it works. She wants an Oompa Loompa now. <laughs> that's right. Here's what Eric Trump told uh, The Telegraph. Quote, Ivanka is a mother of three kids, and she has influence. I'm sure she said, listen, this is horrible stuff, is what what he said that she said. My father will act in times like that. He added, and by the way, he was anti-doing anything with Syria two years ago. (laughs) I love that. He was anti-doing anything with Syria two years ago. Then a leader gasses their own people, women and children. At some point, America is the global leader, and the world's superpower has to come forward and act uh, and they did, with a lot of support of our allies, and I think that's a great thing. Notably, however, and in keeping with Eric Trump's recent habit of accidentally stating truths that embarrassed the rest of his family, he also used the interview as an opportunity to insist that there is nothing to see about his father's well-documented connections to the regime of Russian dictator Vladimir Putin. Quote, if there was anything that Syria did, it was to validate the fact that there is no Russia tie. That's what he said, and of course, it's uh, it's one of those... Uh, I guess somebody yeah. took away his little Ziploc bag of Cheerios. <laughs> right. And he just had to talk. Yeah, but, I mean, again, he, he not well, the, only... But, I mean, Jeffrey Lord, I mean, they're running with this talking point that this re- missile raid is proof that Trump is not Putin's stooge. Yeah, but, but it's like... I mean, this is what we know about the Russians, though, is that their favorite thing is to use people who don't know that they're being used. Um, and, and the worst thing about this is it basically leads us to think that, yes, the bombing raid was because, or the uh, the missile attack was because of, of Russia and that whole story. And I'm not saying that it necessarily was. I mean, I'm not going there because we obviously have no proof outside of what Eric Trump is saying and, and clearly Jeffrey Lord and others. But, uh, you know, that that leads us down that road. I mean, it, ma- it makes things look a little more suspicious. That and the fact that he said that it was, well, it was Ivanka. Ivanka was sad, so so we bombed Syria. Um, and it was right on the heels, too, of Eric Trump also uh, derping into this other one, which was uh, uh, tr- confessing that Trump is still being briefed about Trump uh, organization finances. <laughs> so he's still pre- being briefed on the finances of his organization, which, by the way... Include Donald Trump has investments in Raytheon. Donald Trump owns stock in Raytheon. Who manufactured the Tomahawk missiles that were used in the Syria strike last whatever it was Thursday night? Of course, it's Raytheon. <laughs> Raytheon. It's just- at the at, you know at the risk of sounding like Alex Jones, there there is the uh, the Raytheon thing. <laughs> you, yeah, you don't want to get me going on my grand unified field theory of what's happening here. Yeah. Um, well, actually, I maybe you, I do. What What is your grand unified field theory of what's going on here? Well, I just feel like there are a couple of different possibilities in terms of, you know, so we pretty much have established that the Kremlin wanted Trump in the White House. Yeah. But it, you know, why would it just stop there? We want so they want someone who's easily provoked, who mm-hmm. doesn't think about the consequences of his actions. Yep. And with Iran and Russia, both on the ground in Syria to just go dropping bombs willy nilly. It just it feels like a mousetrap. 
I know it sounds crazy, and I don't. I'm, I'm right behind you. I'm right there with you. So don't don't feel like you need to hesitate that if anything is crazy and and uh, j- just a, a bridge too far. I I think we can't rule out anything because there are things that have occurred, especially over the last few months, that we never would have guessed would have happened a year ago. So, and this is the other possibility I'm willing to entertain, although it's a slim one. But put yourself in the shoes of a Syrian rebel. Mm-hmm. Nothing has gotten the world's attention. Nothing will get them to help you. Mm-hmm. So maybe you decide to do a strategic sacrifice of a village full of people in order to pull the world's attention to what's happening. Because they've been trying to get anyone to help them for a really, really long time, and no one seems to help. So chemical weapons seem to be the thing that brings in the international community. Yeah, that's. I'm just saying that, you know... You almost can't be too cynical sometimes. Right. I know. I know. And it's all so crazy. And you find yourself thinking in these patterns and you wonder like, okay, is this like the on you know, the impending mental illness just making itself known? Like I don't think so. You know what, David? I don't think so. And here's the thing. Um we are so out. We're so beyond the looking glass at this point. We are just in this all new paradigm. And if there's anything that the election taught us, Election Day 2016 taught us, is that the past is no longer a setup for what happens now. Like we can no longer use the past as a model for predicting what's going to happen in the Trump era. There was. Uh, the election of 2016 was so effed up. I mean, it was beyond beyond being screwy. F you. Exactly. It was beyond <laughs> one of those things that we can go, oh, well, this happened before. It's, it's of course, perfectly within the normal uh, uh, workings of, of American politics. That wasn't the case at all. So then if you extrapolate that forward, everything that has happened since then has been outside the bounds. I mean, we're coloring outside the lines here with Donald Trump. We don't know what's going to happen next, and it's going to be more screwy than we could have ever possibly imagined. And by the way, I'm using 1940s colloquialisms today. Screwy! It's cr- screwy, man! These guys are bananas! Yeah, that, yeah, let's get back for the war! <laughs> yeah, see? And, and the thing is that uh, this makes... Uh, everything on the table, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm not saying necessarily, literally everything, but some things that may sound weird and conspiratorial today about what happened with Russia and how it relates to Syria and so forth. To me, everything's on the table. We can't discount anything. And we can, as we go, if there is contravening evidence, we can eliminate things off the table. But for now, I don't see anything saying, hey, you know what? The Russia thing, complete hoax, except for Donald Trump himself, which is dost thou protest too much? (laughs) It makes perfect sense to me that Trump was completely oblivious that yep. he might have been doing criminal things by working with the Russians and accepting 19% of a gas company. Or, and it, all that to him, I think, was just good business. Mm-hmm. And the people around him were actually coordinating with the Russian government. And so when he says, I didn't coordinate with the Russian government, you know, he's actually telling the truth. He didn't. He was. It's too complicated for him. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Think, you know, it, was, it would require too much sustained attention on, and, you know, my, you know, my dad was a Cold War specialist, and he was always telling me the Russians don't think of revenge in weeks or days. Yeah. They think in decades and centuries. Oh, yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And and that's and I think that's very much the case. I think this is all part of a, a broader strategy of, of Vladimir Putin to uh, – I, I don't know if I've necessarily talked about this at length on the show, but I do believe that this has something to do with Vladimir Putin trying to reestablish the Russian Empire. But to do it in a way that doesn't involve tanks and missiles and, and and physical incursions into territory, sort of like what he did in Ukraine that failed miserably, or that is has been uh, attracting all kinds of uh, a negative attention to to Vladimir Putin. You also have to bear in mind too that the Russian economy is in the effing tank. It is doing horribly right now. I think they're on their third straight year of negative growth in the mm. Russian economy. So that's got to be uh, putting a lot of pressure on Putin to do something. And I think this is, um, and especially based on some things that have been, some public statements that have made been made recently with regard to uh, uh, 1949 and Russia's first use of the atomic bomb, 
um, in the context now of Russia now developing this information technology that allows it to undermine American democracy, undermine Western democracy broadly, because we know that they're also interfering in the French election, the German election, uh, some things in Denmark even. I mean, it's just insane what's going on. The stuff that was used here, that was weaponized here as far as hacks and disinformation is now being applied to elections going on in uh, in Europe and and so this is all Vladimir Putin putting the, the the Russian flag into all of these places on the map in this giant game of risk that he's playing all using information technology all using the inter- internet and and disinformation and propaganda and fake news and social media and all the things that are so ripe to be exploited right now and it's just it's like a perfect storm for him and he's he's playing it for all it's worth and and so to that you can't discount anything that might be going on as far as that aim is concerned. So th- there it is, <laughs> you know. Um, but I mean, beyond that, uh, let's I mean, to get into the Syria uh, issue and uh, and what Donald Trump did to respond to that and then the press's reaction. This is where I just start to I mean, this is literally I want to check out like, I, oh, my God, this is not. How can we possibly be going down this road when it comes to the press normalizing and legitimizing Donald Trump just because he fought, popped off, what, 59 Tomahawk missiles on Thursday? In a, well, he was shooting them at Arabs, so, oh, now he's serious and presidential. Yeah, I mean, Fareed Zakaria being the, the most guilty party in all of this, I mean, I cannot believe this was actually said on national television, on CNN which CNN has been routinely castrated uh, b- by Donald Trump's Twitter account almost every day, and yet Fareed Zakaria goes on CNN's air and says this. I think uh, Donald Trump became president of the United States. I think this was actually a big moment because... No, uh, no, 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 no. Well, yesterday was the day that United Airlines officially became the president of the United States. <laughs> That's right. F you. Right? This is all I have to say to Fareed Zakari and United Airlines, for that matter. F you. Oh, God. Yeah, that United Airlines thing. I, I wasn't even planning on talking about that because it's just well, it's, so... Well, we need to stay ugly. on the... We need to stay on the, the... Like, how many people does a president have to kill does, before, you know, does the mainstream media start to call him presidential? Right. That seems to be the bar. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Obama dropped 26,171 bombs in 2016 alone. And that did not earn him the kind of uh, a kind of praise and worship that uh, came from the, uh, the at least the cable news media last week after Donald Trump decided to pop off those missiles, and and really not. And we were guided by the beauty of our weapons. <laughs> These awesome missiles firing off one by one. Look at the parabolic arc as they sh- shoot out of the. I mean, it, it's, it was just like insane to to hear. These people who have been emasculated day after day by Donald Trump, their integrity questioned and impugned and being referred to as fake news and the enemies of the people. Yeah. And they, and they couldn't wait to to bow down to genuflect at the knees of this toddler, this giant monster who's now occupying the White House and this awful estate in Florida where he's. Doing way too much business, but uh, that's a different story. I mean, the fact is that uh, the attack was uh, a big nothing as far as results. I mean, I I thought that. I mean, John Oliver said it. You know, it takes Delta Airlines passengers longer to get back in the air (laughs) than it did. Yeah. I mean, I just I thought that if you're going to retaliate against the chemical weapons attack, that you know, you destroy some chemical weapons. And I don't know if it's necessarily that simple, like firing missiles into a, a depot that contains chemical weapons inside of it. Would I don't know, would that disperse the chemical weapons? I'm not sure how that exactly functions. But you would think there, there would be some sort of thing to say, you know, maybe we got to reduce his uh, his chemical weapons stockpile somehow. Maybe we, maybe we ought to include that, pencil that into the schedule somehow. And instead, we got we got a few planes. We didn't destroy the runway. There were planes. There were you know uh, uh, jets taking off. Syrian fighter jets taking off from that very same runway the next damn day. That's why Lindsey Graham said that uh, uh, Assad was giving a big f you to Donald Trump. You're just gonna you love that, don't you? Oh, I know. F you. <laughs> 
<laughs> what is it about guys in suits swearing that people love so much? You know, at Raw Story. Oh, you know, I should mention again <laughs> that I'm appearing here as a representative of myself, not of the company Raw Story. I'm not here as a spokesman. That's right. Uh, I'm actually just appearing in my capacity as a surrogate for the Jill Stein campaign. <laughs> All right, people are going to love you for that one. Uh, <laughs> no, you know what it is? It's uh, you know the thing with uh, with Lindsey Graham saying "f you" is I'm just really immature. That's all. <laughs> so I was just like <laughs> like a little boy, like oh my god, Lindsey Graham said "f you." Uh, I just it anyway. makes me see him in an apron standing there on Easter Sunday, and he's yelling at his aunt Susan for not bringing a potato salad. <laughs> That's Damn it, Susan! Every year you forget something. Just <laughs> "f you." <laughs> This is by uh, Lindsey Graham music, by the way. Yep. War, 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 war has ruined all the best parties this year. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's why. That's why I keep playing uh, Lindsey Graham's F F you. Right. So, uh, but anyway, so that's, that's where we are. We also know that uh, evidently Russia knew about the attack before it happened. Uh, well, we have you know, there's aerospace coordination going on. Anytime mm. you have that many, you have military forces in the area that they have like the non-conflict line, which yeah. now apparently Russia has deactivated. But you, you coordinate with people so you don't have things colliding in the air. Yeah, but yeah, they knew, and, and then they told the Syrians. So everybody got everything important out of the way. And I got to say, those little runway garages they have for the fighter planes. That's pretty smart. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. It was like, damn, that's really smart. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because you can barely tell. I guess from the sky, they just look like hills. They're just like yeah. built into the ground. Um, runway. The, the other thing, I, I don't know, David, if you know the explanation for this, but uh, the day after the attack, it was reported, in fact, by a Fox News uh, reporter on Twitter that there were between 12 and 100 Russian personnel at the Al-Sharat uh, Air Base. Uh, the day before we attacked it, like that that day, and then we attacked it in the evening. There were Russian personnel, upwards of a hundred of them there. But see, like, who knows why what their they operations they're like on a daily basis, though? I mean, we, yeah. operationally, they may have that many people at you know, hundred people at a huge airbase. Have you ever been to an airbase? Well, I know, but it was, like, a, but they were Russians at the Syrian yeah. airbase. Like, why the hell are the Russians at the Al Sharat Syrian airbase where they're launching uh, chemical weapons attacks? I mean, that seems that suspicious is, you know, to me, doesn't it? Like uh, I said, anytime you think you're being too cynical, just go a step further. I, I feel fairly maybe. Maybe Putin was egging Assad on, saying, "You know, do it. Go ahead, do yeah. the chemical weapons thing. Just do we'll, it, man. We'll, we'll make your you back. Make you feel good. Everybody think you're a cool guy if you launch off those <laughs> chemical weapons. Just what are you scared? <laughs> you afraid your mommy will come? He's like Johnny yeah. from Karate Kid. Putin's like Johnny from Karate Kid. He's just like <laughs> egging on his friend. But no, Johnny, we don't want it. He's been beaten up enough. Now do it, do it, man. <laughs> Sweep the leg. You're the best." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. On that note, let's let's talk about food. One of my favorite things to do, David. Uh, I don't know and how I'm a good cook. Are, are you a good cook? Because I'm, I'm not. Totally uh, not. Yeah, I just can't do it. And you know why? That's why I love Blue Apron because not only am I not creative enough to come up with interesting meals, because I mean, left to my own devices, I'll just I'll sit around and eat the same damn thing every day for every meal. And because I'm just like I don't know, I don't know what to do, but thank goodness. See, Blue Apron is cooking though. You're working with it. You're not going out and getting stuff from a drive-through or some crap like that. Yeah, exactly. These are fresh ingredients, locally sourced, sent to my door, and all I have to do is put them together. I mean, you know, and the instructions are simple. I don't have to measure anything out because everything's pre-portioned. I just throw everything together, and voila, I've got this amazing meal. I mean, these days I've got like uh, incoming sweet and sour salmon with bok choy. Carrot and ginger fried rice, or uh, pizza with fresh spinach and mozzarella, olives and bell pepper, Parmesan crusted chicken, roasted broccoli, creamy fettuccine, or the paninis with baby broccoli and arugula salad with hard-boiled eggs. That's some amazing, amazing stuff. I can't wait to uh, prepare my dinner every night. When I but when I sit down, I want food that's healthy and fresh. But who can afford to eat at a restaurant every night or shop at high-priced stores to get fresh natural ingredients? I've shopped there and wound up wasting so much food, so much money, so much time. That's why I like Blue Apron, America's number one fresh ingredient recipe delivery service. Blue Apron sends exactly what I need in exactly the right amounts and an easy recipe right to my door. 
partnered with 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranches across the U.S. Their seafood is certified sustainably sourced. The beef, chicken, and pork are raised responsibly, and the produce comes from regenerative farms. That's what I love. Uh, Blue Apron has something for everyone because you can customize your preferences and the all-new recipes just keep coming so you never, ever get bored. In fact, you get excited. It makes cooking fun. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free. They'll even pay for shipping because you listen to this show. Go to blueapron.com slash B-O-B-C. It feels good to make incredible, affordable meals at home when the food and recipes come from Blue Apron. That's blueapron.com slash B-O-B-C. Blue Apron, it's a better way to cook, isn't it? Yes, it is. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back to the show today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, watch the, uh, I don't know if you watch this, David. I watched the, uh, on, on YouTube, the camera phone uh, uh, videos of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. Oh yeah, this past weekend. Uh, best thing about it, and, and you know, I love, I, I love me some Yes music. Uh, wasn't impressed with Yes's performance, but again, it was just cell phone video. I should wait until the HBO uh, version comes out at the end of the month. But the best performance I saw. I mean, the guys are like octogenarians now. I mean. As That's a forty-something-year-old man trying to make rock and roll, it's physically strenuous. It it's is not like it was when you were twenty-two. I, but here's my thing: I think with Yes is that uh, it's just that this band has been through so much interpersonal turmoil between all the different members of the band, and whenever I see them in a mix and matched format where they're all playing together in some way, I'm like, "Oh, that guy hates that other guy," and he's standing right. I wonder if that guy's going, "I hate you," and then the other guy's <laughs> going, "I hate those other two guys because they screwed me out of royalties and that." other album and oh and then those three guys hate the first guy and it's just like i'm reading too much into it that's probably what i'm doing uh but the great performance at the uh induction ceremony was of course pearl jam doing neil young's rocking in the free world that was effing amazing and of course you know pearl jam is never going to be disappointing i don't think uh oh you know i have well it's not really a pearl jam story my old drummer ken this is back in the 90s. Uh, you know, the 40-watt club is kind of legendary That with Athens, Georgia's big nightclub. Mm-hmm. And the Counting Crows came and played. And they were, like, we were getting off work. We worked in a restaurant. And we'd done the night before prep. And we were leaving it. And we're coming down the street. And here come Counting Crows. And Ken goes over to Adam, what's his name? And it's like, dude, I love that song jeremy it's so good and, it's, and he's like jeremy right and he's just like singing it too and the guy's like that's fucking pearl jam we're counting crows and he's like really bad <laughs> yeah, totally. ken you are the devil if you're out there listening yeah, yeah. i know f you right with the guy from <laughs> Counting Crows. It was it was Counting Crows and not the Black Crows? Yes. No, oh. Counting Crows. The Black Crows, they come here every now and then. But I saw those guys back when they were called Mr. Crow's Garden. And oh, they my sounded God. exactly like R.E.M. I saw them at a club called The Rec Room, which is like near Georgia Tech in Atlanta. And they got into a fist fight on stage, the two brothers, Chris. Oh, and shit. it was... <laughs> oh, I was my like, God. I was like, damn, these guys are so unprofessional. They're never going to go anywhere. Right. Wah, you were, wah. You were, I mean, you were to- totally... <laughs> the vanguard of 90s music that was amazing they knew the knew the black it was actually the... that was about 1988 oh okay all right right so but but i mean the black crows then became popular in the 90s and then you yeah. were you well, were they like... went to rock university first did they really go to rock university first yeah no uh... i don't know if it's the specific one we see the commercials for their dad is an a and r guy for their record company so that's that weird. kind of it's kind of how we and why we have the Black Crows. Is, is that like the school of rock? Is that what that is? It's almost like going to clown college. Like you learn how to be a rock star at the rock university. Is that is that? Am I getting that too literally, or is that what it is? No, I really. I think they teach you like stage presence one hundred and one, oh, lyric Jesus. writing. Wow. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, it's always a formula for success. Everyone who comes out of that college is automatically number one on the Billboard charts. Obviously, because <laughs> they got the system down. Uh, all right, so let's get back into uh, into politics here and all of the awfulness surrounding uh, the Donald Trump crisis, which continues in earnest. The Donald Trump crisis is into uh, uh, well, coming up on day one hundred. Day one hundred is just around the corner. I think it comes up uh, around April twenty seventh or twenty eighth. Like there's at the end of this month, David. There's like three things that are going to be happening in three days in a row during. A span of time right at the end of the month. I think on the 27th, 
is day 100 of the Trump administration. The 28th is where the government runs out of money. <laughs> That's, that happens at the end of this month. The government just runs out of money, and they have to figure out something to do at that point. Maybe uh, this is our season finale. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and the riders are just going nuts at this point. They yeah. just decided to go for broke. And then on the uh, 29th is the uh, is the nerd prom, which Trump has decided not to attend. So there's all those things happening right in a row in those three days. That should be fascinating to watch how everything goes down. I'll be really interested to see how the Republicans handle the uh, you know <laughs> the government running out of money and raising the debt ceiling and all that crap. That should be really well, really entertaining. <laughs> Just on top of the cartwheeling fireball of failure that the administration has been so far. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, they had like a little crafts day thing or they had a reimagining, a rebranding day at the White House led by, I think his name is Dupke. Oh, yeah. Thomas. Yeah, and they divided everybody into groups and oh they like God, brainstormed yeah. with whiteboards and magic markers and... And, uh, you know, it's this is you guys. It's we're so far beyond whiteboards and magic markers at this yeah. point. They're in big trouble, and the leaks. There were all kinds of leaks that came out of that meeting. I mean, they really think, and and especially Donald Trump knows that they haven't had enough wins. They haven't had hardly any wins, and that they're tanking fast. And with a hundred days coming up. They're very, very concerned. And again, this is something that's really insidery. Like the people, you know, in the Rust Belt aren't going to care about Trump's 100 days. But in the writing of the history of the Trump administration, this is a really important milestone because the press is going to evaluate and lock into stone how uh, the the first 100 days of the Trump administration actually went as also precedent for how it's going to continue. And but see, uh, I mean, while you've got your staffers playing Pictionary or whatever... <laughs> There, there, there's hundreds, thousands of federal jobs that still haven't been filled. Oh, yeah. Hiring has ground to a halt. There, the State Department is, you know, running in circles. The State Department is a mess. I mean, what is there? It must be like, uh, I don't know, a few dozen like high-level jobs, political-appointed jobs at the State Department that have not been filled. And it doesn't look like they're in the process of filling it. It's just like R- Rex Tillerson, who's this worthless sack of meat, is just not even bothered to staff up or do anything. I just even wonder if the State Department and the Trump administration is just going to be reduced to almost like a, a like a low level agency, you know, where it's barely doing anything. And I can completely see Donald Trump going, "Why do we need State Department? Why do we need this? Why, yeah, yeah, I do the deals myself. Ah, why do we need State? Mm. You know, it's just like going like." Wh- wh- just not understanding the importance of international diplomacy and and uh, communicating between. I mean, for God's Let's sake. Let's just ask Ivanka. <laughs> yeah, just ask Ivanka. <laughs> or we'll that's go a, to Jared. That's all we need to do is ask Ivanka whether we should bomb someone. That's so sad. And then, okay, let's, <laughs> let's pop them off. But, I, you know, the other but, thing. You know, okay, we, we, we do need to stop there. I think she's for a second and express, like, I mean, it, it, the chemical weapons used against any people, adults, children, it's a horrible thing. Uh, right, yeah. But. I don't know. I'm worried. What if, like, you know, Germany decides to bomb us for gassing people at Standing Rock or yeah, poisoning I mean, children with lead and flint? I'm not downplaying the, the tragedy of the, the chemical weapons attack that took place last week or the ones that took place back in 2012. The thing is, though, when when the daughter of the president is now convincing the president to attack because she's distraught by what she saw on TV, we're now well beyond uh, normal. We're, we're way outside the box, as they say, when it comes to th- the right reasons to launch uh, attacks against a sovereign nation and the wrong reasons. It's, this is a case where, one, Syria did not attack us. Two, uh, we attacked. We weren't. We weren't attacking ISIS or a terrorist group. It's not like one of these things where we're launching. No, it's a, a government. Yeah, or, we're attacking a government. We're attacking another government's military on their own soil, and that puts this at a different level. It's not like Barack Obama didn't have to go to Congress every time he wanted to uh, uh, shoot a, uh, a predator drone over Yemen and bomb some uh, Al Qaeda camp in central Yemen. It's completely different than that. This is there. We've got the Navy firing Tomahawk missiles at Syria. And for that, it requires extra justification, extra uh, consultation with Congress that he clearly did not get. 
and which um, I think certain members of Congress, including Republicans, are not. Well, quite that would have taken too long. He would have had to be away from his plate of prime rib, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's go, what. I mean, he had that's to go a, into duck into the makeshift conference situation room there at Mar-a-Lago <laughs> and get back to the table before his well-done steak <laughs> arrived. Well, see, there was a there was a leak that came out. Uh, I think it was Friday, in which some former Obama administration official, I'm guessing Bob Gates, said that if this had been if this had happened on Obama's watch, we never would have gotten it together so quickly. But I don't want people making snap knee-jerk decisions when it comes to uh, attacking other nations with Tomahawk missiles. I want that to be a little bit Not more... Not when they're familiar. allies with Russia and exactly. Iran. Exactly. In the Middle East, where it's just... We're sticking our nose into a hornet's nest every time we do something. Yeah, I said on the John Fugelsang show the other day, I was like, you know what? Every time we do something militarily in the Middle East, it's always lose-lose. I mean, there are... We also need to bear in mind, though, the, the, the relation that what's happening now, the destabilization of Syria and the yeah. flow of refugees is directly related to our intervention in Iraq and the destabilization of that country. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, this is cause and effect. Let's 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 look at the broad strokes of of how we ended up with, for example, ISIS, which ISIS specifically the acronym has to do with Syria, and so uh, that all occurred. The rise of ISIS was a result of destabilizing Iraq, and uh, and then uh, Muqtada al Sadr, who is this uh, uh, a cleric in Iraq. Uh, creates a uh, an insurgency in Iraq, and then uh, that forms into Al Qaeda in Iraq, and then that forms into ISIS. And so we've got you know we, we've got all of these different factions of ISIS operating in the Middle East as a direct result of us invading and occupying Iraq for so many years and not doing the right thing, making snap decisions, making political decisions with the against mo- the evidence on the ground. Exactly. Exactly. And in, and against any rational uh, uh, advice to the contrary, like maybe we shouldn't do this. Even George H. W. Bush was like, you know, I drew a line in the sand and I went up to that line and I didn't cross the line. And there's a lot to be said and and, and admired about the fact that we just we didn't allow mission creep to take place in the first Gulf War, but in the second Gulf War, it was effort. It's like all hands on deck. We're going in. We're gonna we're gonna engage in regime change here, and we don't care what the long-term fallout is. I said, we were... And when did Nikki Haley become the... the, I mean, (laughs) she's the one calling for regime change. Meanwhile, Tillerson, who honestly, I can't decide who is more (laughs) of a Buffy the Vampire Slayer villain than between Tillerson or... um, Gorsuch. Yeah. They both look like the principal, the new principal of the high school in Buffy. But anyway, as I was saying... They're not even on the same page. Gorsuch and I mean, not Gorsuch. Tillerson and Haley are both talking about different. I mean, who's what is the objective here? Are we really going to try to take Assad out of power? You know, Gorsuch is no, not Gorsuch, but Tillerson. You know, Rex Tillerson is. He's the guy in the gym locker room, the old man who who has no problem with walking around completely naked. Oh no, he blow dries his. (laughs) I've seen the guy. That's exactly right. That's who. That's who Rick, Rex Tillerson is. Absolutely. Um, oh man! At my old gym, there was this old guy that backed his butt crack up to the wall dryer. <laughs> so gross. Oh, and you're just oh, dude, put it away. I just oh, yeah. You man. know, I I I finally watched uh, Louis C.K.'s brand new uh, stand-up special on Netflix, and he was talking about being at the uh, being at the gym and like and standing at the urinal as as a child and one in front of one of those long trough urinals and just being lined up with like. Uh, to the right and left of him, a long like conga line of them, right at head level, and just being <laughs> completely, completely. I think I've seen this movie. <laughs> the, the other funny bit that he did in that special, by the way, was uh, his daughter asked. He, they were listening to the radio or so, watching TV, and the uh, the topic of nine eleven deniers came up on television, and his daughter thought it was nine people denying the number eleven. <laughs> I thought that was funny. He goes off into in a this perfect extended- world. It would be that small. It would be nine people. Right, people gathered in front of the White House protesting the use of the number eleven. <laughs> Those nine people. Uh, this is all to say, involving a conversation of troughs and and Rex Tillerson being naked at the gym. Uh, <laughs> this all leads us back to the fact that we have no State Department. Uh, basically, the State Department is an empty shell of its former self. And it's at a time when we absolutely need a functional, robust State Department and active diplomacy happening at every level. And, and it's, not, it's not happening. So as a consequence, we get crap like this, where North, North Korea is now 
directly threatening us with a nuclear attack. And not just against our bases in South Korea, not just against uh, our bases in the Pacific, but against the U.S. mainland. And I don't know about you, and, and, and certainly I'm not privy to any intelligence about this. Hey, look, this. we're way over here in Atlanta and Athens, so you guys are on your own up there. And I know. The I'm in the coast in Seattle. I'm totally screwed. I mean, I'm in the Bay Area. I mean, mm. I mean it's not necessarily because I think Seattle is the next nearest target that North Korea can hit on the uh, U.S. mainland. But, I, I mean, it's, it's too damn close. I mean, who knows? Who knows if they've got... Uh, you know, let's talk about the Russian hacker that got arrested in Spain. Let's, let's talk about that. We're going to take another break and come back. We'll talk about that right after these words. Hello, it's Bob to tell you about our Patreon page. You might be asking yourself, what the hell is a Patreon page? It's a website where you can help support our podcast by donating money to the show. You can sign up for $1, $5, $10, or $15 per month. Or if you're filthy rich, you can sign up for more. In exchange, we'll bring you exclusive Patreon-only content like our post-mortem shows, memberships to the After Party, and commercial-free, unbleeped versions of our free show. And if we reach our crowdfunding goal, we'll bring you new shows every weekday. That's patreon.com slash Chez, or click the Patreon link at bobseska.com. Let's do this thing. Shove Bob Seska into your pants and haul him around with you wherever you go. F you. Subscribe to the Bob Seska Show in the podcast section on iTunes. Welcome back to the Bob Seska Show. <laughs> All right. Uh, second half of today's show is brought to you by the BobSeska.com Amazon link. If you shop at Amazon, enter the site using our link just beneath the logo at BobSeska.com, and we get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing and helps support the show. So go shopping right now at Amazon.com, but make sure to go through our link. And if you have a small business, you can source all of your goods and materials through. If you, if you get all your goods and materials through Amazon, make sure to source it through our link. Paper cups, printer paper, printer cartridges, all that crap. You can do it through the Amazon link. You can also sign up for Amazon Prime and get free shipping and all of that good stuff. So go to uh, the Amazon link at bobseska.com and click it. Click it hard. All right. Uh, what were we going to talk about? What was the thing you wanted to mention after the after the break? I completely forgot. It just totally popped out of my head. Gorsuch? Did you want to talk about Pyotr Gorsuch? Levishov, the, the Russian hacker that got, elected, that oh, got yeah. arrested in yeah. Barcelona. Yep. He told his wife that he wrote a virus that was partially responsible or... How did it go? He yeah, he wrote this. He- uh, wrote a, It's a, basically a spam virus that, uh, and this guy, you know what? This guy's been on a list of hackers uh, and spammers for quite some time now. I mean, he's listed in like the top 10 most wanted uh, spammers in the world, according to this one website. And I think seven of the 10 are actually Americans, but this guy has been on the list. Uh, Pyotr Levishov. That's the Levishov. name that I'm now yeah. currently botching <laughs> the pronunciation of, but P Y O T R. I guess that is that, is it Pyotr or is that like the yeah. Russian version of Peter? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Peter uh, Pyotr Levishov was held in Barcelona on Friday and is remanded in custody. Spanish police have arrested this uh, Russian programmer following U.S. allegations of large-scale hacking involving what his wife said that it has to do, that's uh, his wife Maria told Russian broadcaster RT, Russia Today, that the arrest had been made in connection with allegations that Russians had hacked the U.S. presidential election. This guy's about to be extradited back to the United States. This is this is like, and I think it was Lawrence O'Donnell last night on MSNBC, who compared this guy to the bookkeeper that took down Al Capone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, just, it's usually one of these low-level guys who's just who's just a prankster who sits in his underpants with his feet soaking a tub of tapioca. Just w- <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I just envision them with their feet soaking in tapioca, and his his pants his pants are rubber. He's wearing rubber pants, uh, mm. and so they're programming and uh, and doing all these hacks and and spam things and and spreading disinformation and influencing the election, thinking they're getting away with it with impunity, and they're really just little cowardly guys in their in their parents basement or wherever the hell they are and uh and once they get caught that's it i mean they'll just start squealing like pigs and what do you think the virus did do you think he's one of the people that wrote the bots that are simultaneously launching a million uh retweets of breitbart stories or do yes it's something yeah i was kind of thinking you know i keep hoping against hope that we'll find out that the the vote counts were off 
Yeah, it was. It, I don't think it was anything to do with the the hacking of the election. Although, you know, it's funny. I, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that gets lost in this entire discussion of Russia and Russia hacking and interfering with the election, which right. is that they absolutely tried to hack the election machines. They weren't successful. That's what the FBI reported. That they tried to hack the tabulation machines, they tried to hack the voting machines, and they weren't able to gain enough access in order to be able to alter the votes. But that hack- we know of. That I we- mean, if you were really wrote a sophisticated little you know worm you could you, you it covers its tracks oh yeah yeah and it would be very easy to uh to eventually worm their way into the actual voting machine so while they didn't do it this time who knows 2018 they may have full access or even some of these special elections that are going on right now where we, we're seeing i mean i'm just absolutely watching very carefully this election the special election in kansas for mike pompeo's seat and then the special election in your state in georgia yes with tom price's seat where the democrats could actually poach those seats and the thing is we don't know how sophisticated the russian mechanisms have become for for hacking into the machines Mm. we don't we just don't know and we just don't know what kind of influence they're having on these elections now but now that this both of these uh these runoff elections are one i don't know if they're runoffs but they're special elections we don't now that they've made national news now that everyone's talking about trump is tweeting about it today they could have completely activated that entire mechanism that interfered last year. Uh, to, we sound uh, like crazy people, though. You know, we sound like we're you know guesting on Infowars. I know, but <laughs> you know, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's uh, like you said earlier. Kind of everything is on the table, but this is what you know. This is how an information op yeah. undermines public trust and That's undermines right. our trust in what we actually know to be the truth. Yep, it sows confusion and chaos about things that were used to be solid and certain yeah well that's the point isn't it i mean the the point it's pretty scary when you get right down to it yeah i mean the entire point was to one influence the election and undermine our our faith in the integrity of our elections and number two was to elect donald trump the 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 friendlier of the two candidates at the time and also you know he's also unstable attention starved yeah easily provoked Uh, he's perfect person to have in if you want to be able to provoke and manipulate another world leader because he's so like a child yeah well i mean i, I mentioned this before and it, and it bears repeating that i think part and again this is me getting really kind of cloak and dagger about vladimir putin but mm. i think i mean vladimir putin wants to score a victory against american democracy what's the biggest possible victory that he could ever ever hope to achieve not only undermining the election but electing a certified toddler, a monstrous reality show tabloid headline in the making named Donald Trump. I mean, think about that. I not only I'm I Vladimir Putin not only influenced the American election, but I did it so well that this nincompoop got elected. That's how deeply I've sunk my talons into the American uh, the American election and, and American democracy. That, to me, is a huge victory in and of itself, that it was Donald Trump. If it, it had been t- Ted Cruz, we would have been like, well, Ted Cruz, I mean, you know. But <laughs> the, fact that, the fact that it's Donald Trump, of all people, Donald Trump. Is the biggest pie in the face of all, yes. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, I just got SpongeBob elected to president of the United States, or I just got Gary Busey elected to president of the United States. That is a huge feather in his giant, fluffy Russian cap. And uh, I just I think that they look at it like a virus looks at, you know, like an invading virus. And they just you look for weaknesses in the system. And that is one that they could exploit. Right. Overly credulous, gormless Republican base who will believe anything that backs up their anger and and resentment against, you know, President Obama and the the blacks and the feminists and the queers. Yep. I mean, you know, I want to. And uh, as it, there's a woman. Oh, her name is like her last name is Starbird, and I think her first name may be Deborah. And she's at maybe University of Oregon, and she's studying this whole information ops campaign. I'm going to do some more research on her, but yeah. she's yeah. The information war is happening, and we are losing. Yeah. Because the, the people who are ruthless and who know how to exploit vulnerabilities in the system have found their plug. 
Yeah. And we haven't figured out a way to unplug it. Well, the, I mean, the best way to, uh, to to do all of this is to just get the people to the point, voters and, and otherwise, to get to the point where we go, well, what's the point of voting if Russia's just going to screw with our elections? And that's the, right. that's the whole idea. That's the whole idea. Get us to not have any more trust or faith in democracy and say, okay, well, maybe this other thing can work. Maybe this autocracy thing that, uh, this kleptocracy thing that Vladimir Putin's been doing in Russia. You know, this this is the thing too, that anyone who follows what's been happening there, as far as the economy goes, I mentioned the economy's in the tank. Partly one of the reasons why uh, the Russian economy's in the tank is because Putin and the other oligarchs are taking all the money. Right. There's, I mean, there's a cautionary tale there as we see the gap between the rich and poor in the United States widening rapidly and precipitously that, you know, all we got to do is look to Russia and see what the consequences of that is. Three years of negative economic growth. Imagine that in the United States. We were barely able to survive what, what was six months of it during the recession when the uh, when the economy was shrinking uh, quarter after quarter. I don't remember exactly the full length of the uh, GDP in negative territory, but it wasn't three years. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we'll see what happens. I want to talk about, uh, uh, God, something even more almost as harrowing, which is what's happening at Fox News Channel right now and Bill O'Reilly. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that after one last break and we'll wrap up the show right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, thank you for joining us on our Tuesday show. Uh... We're here with Dave Ferguson from Raw Story. Hi. There he is, T-Rex. And, uh, okay, Bill O'Reilly, this is something I've been meaning to talk about for the last three or four shows, and I just it just ends up getting buried in the list. I mean, that's the, the horrible thing about uh, just the constant uh, tennis ball machine of awfulness from, uh, from Donald Trump here, is that we end up missing... Uh, <laughs> that's the tennis ball machine. F you. And uh, we end up missing important stories, because it just... It, it's so uh, difficult to unwrap just the day-to-day, the drip, drip, drip of this Russia story alone, much less North Korea and healthcare and the Supreme Court. We haven't even mentioned the fact that Neil Gorsuch was con- was uh, sworn in yesterday into a stolen seat, and the nature of how we appoint Supreme Court justices in the United States has been permanently changed. You will only be able to nominate and confirm a Supreme Court justice if the Senate is controlled by your exact same party. That's the way it is going to be from now on. And potentially risking, if there's a long-term party shift and only uh, and, and there's divided government for the foreseeable future, uh, the Supreme Court could end up dwindling, dwindling down to nothing. I mean, it's entirely possible. And we were going down that road if if uh, Mitch McConnell had not changed the rules to uh, to get Neil Gorsuch confirmed. We were headed down a road where the Supreme Court would just end up shrinking by attrition. You know, people would retire or die, most likely uh, pass away and vacate those seats. And then we wouldn't be able to fill those seats because of this partisan awfulness that's happening in Washington, D.C. right now, where, yes, I get it in the debate where uh, T-Rex and I are shouting at people online and we're debating the issues and getting pissed off and getting outraged and, and trying to do the right thing. 
that has to stop at a certain point in Washington, D.C., where it has to come down to Congress saying, all right, look, we, we've got to do the right thing. We've got to make compromises for the good of the people in our districts and the good of the people uh, all across the United States, if not around the world. And that's just not happening anymore. I mean, that's the big difference between the way it was when we were kids, Dave, and and what's happening now is that... Well, it's the whole Tea Party thing. You don't, yeah. I mean, you don't want to let a, a bunch of people who hate the government run the government. Yeah. But that's what they're doing, and it's shutting down essential services to people it's privatizing things that should be public and you end up with situations like flint yep where you can't trust the tap water but let's talk about bill o'reilly bill o'reilly the fact that he has built his career mm-hmm. sitting there on the air bullying people and being this epic you know this epic sanctimony just oozing off of him about like your moral decisions are poor yep you know and t- the, the, the incredibly racist things that he has said over the years. Slavery was a free house, and black people like free houses. So, yeah, it's just like, I... Uh, and dragging and, people up and down the stairs by their necks. And, and uh, I want more MF and iced tea, you mf or <laughs> that thing That's the thing, I was about. watching someone talk about it on TV. I was watching one of the surrogates, a Trump surrogate, maybe it was Kaylee McEnany or whatever her name is, was saying that we haven't seen any court documents. And I'm like, oh, yes, we have. They're at the Smoking Gun. Smokinggun.com. Bill O'Reilly versus Andrea Macris. Mm -hmm. Was it 2004? Yes. He called her on the phone and was masturbating and penetrating himself with a vibrator and telling herself that she should get a vibrator and the loofah and the falafel and all that. The falafel. Oh, my God. The falafel. But not only like not only when Roger Ailes gets felled and like shown out the door yeah. at the end of the opera that is Roger Ailes. I know. O'Reilly continues to go on like a frenzy apparently because there's been more and more women coming forward. Yeah, the latest one is uh, Wendy Walsh, who's a uh, talk radio show host in L.A. Uh, she was offered a job, and then uh, the it was b- basically contingent upon her going to Bill O'Reilly's hotel room. And when she referred, when she refused to go to Bill O'Reilly's hotel room, allegedly, uh, Bill O'Reilly then rescinded the offer uh, and told her her purse was ugly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God damn it, this guy. Okay, I got, let I mean, me, uh, okay, we're going to take a moment here just for me to just as like a gay man, as a man whose you know, <laughs> masculinity has been questioned by countless conservative yeah. and bullies. Can we just for a second talk about how incredibly prissy so many of these right wing men are and just oh, how yeah. like pissy and like bitchy. It's well, just- do it live! Yeah, <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. That was, that was I mean, one of the things that really like the things that drives me so crazy about Trump himself is just like that prissy way he purses his lips and he does his fingers when he's talking and he and he just you know, yeah. and it's just like ugh, you for for me queen. It's, for me it's his delivery too where he's just everything is uh, DJed and dragged out and they do and this thing and they 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 like they cook every word where it's just like. Uh, if you wish to opine, write to the Bill O'Reilly And it's just like, oh my God, would you just talk like a normal human being for fuck's sake? You know what struck me? And <laughs> when we heard the Mel Gibson tapes, do you remember that moment? Oh, yeah. How he sounded exactly like Bill O'Reilly. He's yep. like, we're going to put you just okay. Because Bill has that yeah. same like vice principal cadence where he's like, he, he tells you something about yourself, okay, and expects you to agree with it, okay. And yeah. it's just, yeah. Bill O'Reilly is like the, the, the blue leisure suited vice principal from the Breakfast Club. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Of all media. And, and Trump is influenced by this guy, too. Trump is influenced by everything he sees on Fox News Channel, and I'm sure he, what he's done, I think one of the main parts of Trump's strategy is to kind of weaponize the style of rhetoric that happens on Fox News Channel. That's what Donald Trump has done. You go back to Donald Trump uh, 20 years ago, Donald Trump's not talking like he's talking now. He's basically like the brainwashed old man who watches too much Fox News Channel. But, I mean, that includes Bill O'Reilly, and now... Bill O'Reilly is up to uh, $13 million in settlements. One of the women who made allegations against Bill O'Reilly either worked for him or appeared on his show. They have complained about a wide range of behavior, including verbal abuse, lewd comments, unwanted advances, and phone calls, in which, in one case, get get ready to barf, uh, in in one case, it sounded as if Mr. O'Reilly was masturbating, according to documents and interviews. (laughs) Oh, but I mean, keep going. Yeah, he, he wasn't just using his hand. He was he was pen. Yeah, <laughs> just just right. say it. Just go ahead and say it. He's f-ing himself on the butt with a vibrator. <laughs> God 
God damn it. Look, listen to me. I am as gay as a rerun of Bewitched on Easter Sunday. Okay? And I don't own a vibrating dildo. I don't. Oh, uh, well, God damn. Then certainly uh, we have to ask Bill O'Reilly at some point. <laughs> Why he's using a vibrating dildo? What, I mean, what is it about Bill O'Reilly that uh, that involved that that particular device? I guess, I guess if you uh, are boomer, in- baby boomer sexuality is a tangled and warped, messed up thing. What, I just I, I wonder is those it- old white guys are all so twisted. Is it because that Bill O'Reilly is just unable to ever again have great sex on his own without having to coerce people or pay them off or uh, scream at them or sexually harass them or to actually well, well, use you know, things with like any kind of go ahead? Yeah, no, no, no. I was done. I, I, in fact, if I am glad you interrupted because if I had gone down that road any further, it would have really made people barf. Well, it's the sexualized bullying and rape and all that. None of it is, I mean, it, there, it's a sexual act, but it's all about violence. It's all yeah. about power. Yep. It's all about dominance right. and humiliation. And he gets off on humiliating people and he's just a bully. He's a, he's, and he's like made that his whole media style. Yeah. So, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised. It's written in huge capital letters across everything he does. I am a smug, arrogant prick who likes to boss people around and judge them. So, yeah, I mean, and it's but funny. still, it's still, it's just, it's, it, we act surprised, but I mean, over and over and over, you know, the most strident anti-gay activists have got a little boy you know, tucked off to the side. Yeah. The most strident uh, anti-drug crusaders like Rush Limbaugh are like chewing Oxycontin up and swallowing it while they're on the air. It just, <laughs> it's again and again and again, we yeah. see this with right-wing figures that the more insane and self-righteous and voluble about it they are, the more likely they are to be doing in their own private life the very thing that they're preaching against. Yeah. Look at the impeachment of Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. Every single one of those guys had a mistress. Henry Hyde had a mistress. Newt Gingrich had a mistress. Yep. Uh, Denny Haster didn't have a mistress because he was too busy diddling teenage boys. Yes. Uh, it's, it, uh, it's the worst kept secret in Washington. I think that sort of thing happens all the time, and especially among the most self-righteous of the batch. I mean, that's just that's just a fact. And in fact, you know what? We, we, we're out of time for the free part of the show. We're going to do the post-mortem show coming up here. Uh, and what I want to talk about during the post-mortem show is... Dum, dum, dum. Is, yeah... The governor of Alabama, who just resigned yesterday amid one of the most uh, bizarre sex scandals in the history of American politics. I'm telling you, man, when baby boomers have sex, it's never okay. Yeah, just weird, weird stuff happening in Alabama. And that, and that actually <laughs> happened. I mean, this guy was about to be impeached. He was being investigated and, in fact, uh, ended up resigning. Uh, as criminal charges came up, we're going to talk about that on the uh, post-mortem show. So if you want to hear it, go to uh, we'll see you there. Yep. If you go to pa- patreon.com slash Bob and Chaz, sign up for the $10 per month amount. And you get the, uh, actually, no, I take that back. The $5 amount for the two post-mortem shows. $10 gets you two post-mortem shows in the after party. $15 gets you all that crap plus an unbelieved uh, commercial-free version of this show. Dave Ferguson, T-Rex, thank you for uh, for joining me again today. Are you going to stick around for the uh, post-mortem show? Of course. Thank right. you so much for having me. Here we go, rawstory.com, and you can also follow him on Facebook and Twitter. What's your uh, Twitter handle? Oh, T-Rex to see. There you go. T-R. You got it. Perfect. Okay, post-mortem show is coming up next. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.